When I say the word Salem, usually the first thing that comes to mind is witches. Whether it's because of the historical dramas that you may have seen, Arthur Miller's famous play, The Crucible. There was a movie version of that with Daniel Day-Lewis and Winona Ryder in 2014. There was a TV series called Salem. Precious Salem, caught up in a stinking witch panic. Are you guilty or not? There could be nothing worse for Salem than a witch hunt. There is something worse than a witch hunt. <laughs> a witch. What if the witches were not the common folk? What if the witches were those we've entrusted to lead? Witches are real, and they are here in Salem. Yeah, that's normally how we think about Salem. But of course, the witch hunt, the witch trials were fact, not fiction, a series of hearings and prosecutions in colonial Massachusetts between uh, 18, 1692 rather and 1693. More than 200 people were accused, 30 were found guilty, 19 of whom were executed by hanging. One of those found guilty was a woman named Elizabeth Johnson Jr. She was 22 when she was sentenced to death at the height of the Salem witch trials. Johnson was never executed, but she was never officially pardoned either, like the others who were wrongly accused of witchcraft back then. So lawmakers agreed to take her case back last year, at least look at it again, because a team of eighth grade civics class students in North Andover Middle School, which isn't far from Salem, thanks to their teacher, started looking into it and thought, with the help of the Historical Society, they worked to try to exonerate Elizabeth Johnson Jr., or EJJ, as they call her, because they're kids. So they got going on this. It was passed from one class to the other. And just recently, they've taken another big step towards exonerating the last of the so-called Salem witches to not have her name cleared. So to talk more about how this all happened and how they're so close to success, I'm joined now by their teacher, Carrie LaPierre from North Andover Middle School uh, in North Andover, Massachusetts. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Absolutely. Happy to join you. This is a fascinating story because I don't think anyone realized there were any quote unquote witches who hadn't been pardoned, but who was Elizabeth Johnson Jr.? So Elizabeth Johnson Jr. was around 22 years old when 1692, 1693, the witch trials started happening. Um, obviously, most famously, Salem is the location of the ones that you've heard of. North Andover is not too far from Salem. So she was just a young girl living in Salem, um, unmarried, no children, and supposedly had some mental deficiencies. So she kind of fit the category for witch accusations, sadly. Um, but just, just a resident. And when all this blew up, she was one of the first people to be pointed at. So she was uh, convicted, I gather, or was she convicted? Yes. But but she was never, she she lived on, right? But she was never yes. exonerated. No. We think because she didn't have any direct descendants that over the years as descendants were trying to clear the names, because the most recent was 2001 that that was actually happening. Um, nobody was there advocating for her and she just kind of fell through the cracks. So how did you come across her story. <laughs> it's kind of a long story. But <laughs> the, the short version is there is a, an author, Richard Height, 
who wrote a book uh, uh, called Shadows of Salem, which was about the witch trials and Andover's involvement, which North Andover was part of North Andover, was part of Andover then. And um, he is from Rhode Island and he couldn't, he's the one who discovered all of this about Elizabeth Johnson, very obviously in touch with North Andover Historical Society. And he was looking to get a bill in the legislature. So people I knew at the Historical Society reached out to me and asked if my classes would be interested in taking part in creating legislation to try to exonerate her. And lo and behold, you, you brought this to your, to your, uh, to your students. Um, how excited were they by it? It sounds like such a fascinating story. <laughs> to be honest, they're eighth graders, so their level of excitement about anything historical is not huge. Right. Um, but as we got more involved, as they learned more, as they recognized she was a member of their community, they definitely got more invested in it. And I have to say, all, all the media attention definitely helped with their interest as well. That's right, because there was media attention sort of through this process, right? Yes. Uh, so yes. so what, what did they do exactly? So I've been working on this with students for two years now. Last year's classes, they started, they, they did all the research, learning about Salem witch trials, about Elizabeth Johnson Jr. and what happened. Um, and they actually wrote a bill. They, they wrote bills. They wrote letters to legislators. They created presentations to explain her story. They wrote editorials. And so they're really the ones that kicked this off and got the process rolling. They were able to work with Senator DiZoglio, who is our local senator, who was able to get it into the Senate. And it actually made it to the Judiciary Committee, which is a big step. Um, and then this year's kids took up that work and again, started writing to the legislators, doing all the research to find out about her and really advocating. And re in March, I think we found out that their bill was sent to study, which means it's basically no longer going to be looked at by the legislature. So we, we changed gears and started working on getting a pardon from the governor. So they've been writing to the governor. They've been calling the governor um, trying to get some attention that way. Good little constituents, even though they don't vote yet. It was yes, uh, they are they are very and they're very excited about making their phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was passed on from one class to the next, right? Yes. What what was it? Do you think about the story that that allowed them to connect? To to the, I know she was local and she was young, but there must have been something about the injustice of it as well that 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 struck them. Well, the, the, it, it goes both ways on that. Yes, some students were very invested in that she was treated unfairly. We have to get justice for her. Um, she was marginalized in her community. That whole angle really resonated with kids. But I can't not admit that there were kids like, who cares? This isn't important. So there, there were many discussions about the importance of the work we're doing. Right. And they are, as you mentioned earlier, they are in grade eight, right? They get right. For, forgiven for being <laughs> somewhat disinterested, what we're somewhat dealing disinterested with. about the 17th century. Agreed. So, so th what happened after? Because there has, in fact, been a big breakthrough in this. It has, but it's not as big as the news media made it sound, unfortunately. Uh -huh. okay. So I just have to preface that because sure. everybody was all excited. There was lots of congratulations. Kids were all excited because the news came out that she was exonerated, that the Senate had exonerated her, which is not the case. Okay. Um, Good to know. What, what actually happened was 
our Senator, Senator Desaglio, she was able to bring, um, we call her EJJ, EJJ's bill to the Senate and try to add it as an amendment to the Senate budget, which will give it one more chance of getting attention this year. They did support it and they passed it. So it is an amendment to the Senate budget. So we're still moving forward. So that is a huge step. We just have more steps to go. So what next then for those who might not be familiar with the Massachusetts, the way bills get passed in Massachusetts or the way a pardon happens? Absolutely. So what happens next is it will go to something called a conference committee, which will be members of the Senate and the House of Representatives, which are the two houses of our legislature in the state. And they will work on a compromise budget bill. So our next work when we find out who is on that committee is to start contacting them and advocating for our amendment, Amendment 842, to be left in the budget and moved on to be signed by the governor. So it's, I mean, it sounds like there wouldn't be great reason, especially with such great young advocates, there wouldn't be great reason for them to to get rid of this. No, I don't think there is. And I think at this point with the coverage that she already was exonerated, I honestly think that works in our favor, that if they took it out, that would get a lot of coverage, I think. So I think it actually benefits us. So this could happen by the end of the year, presumably. Um, My understanding, which again is not perfect at this point, is that the budget bill has to be done by the end of July. So it will be done in some way, just not necessarily by the end of our school year. So I I guess you don't really, you'd have to hand it off to another class then if this continues. Possibly. If it doesn't get through the budget bill, next year's kids will take up the work again and carry on. Overall, just as a civics lesson and as their teacher, I mean, considering how much we talk about civics and lack of voter, you know, lack of sort of uh, voter participation and so on, how useful has it been as a teacher to teach them about how things work? That has been huge because a lot of times when you're teaching civics, you're focused on the federal government. So this really focused us on, hey, there's a state government and this is how it works. And this is if you have an issue, you can bring it to these people and you can make change. And I think that is a really important lesson about being involved and taking a stand and saying something. I think those lessons are the biggest ones that they can carry forward as actual, as when I call them real people, as actual citizens and voters. Right. Because they're just, they're 12, 13 at this age? About 13. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything they Is there anything that they've done? Have they managed to master the system in such a way that you were surprised at how, how efficient they became at making this happen? Um, it's been such pe- pieces of work. Like we do one thing, we study something else, we come back to this, we study something else. So it, it hasn't honestly seemed quick. <laughs> and I know to the kids, it hasn't seemed very fluid. They, they like instant gratification. So knowing that this has been going on for two years, they kind of feel like, oh, we're not getting anywhere. So there's a lot of, you know, reminding them, hey, you're doing great work. Legislation takes a while. Like this is exactly how the process works. And you are doing perfectly for what you need to do. That might be the best lesson of all is just yeah. how long it takes and how and how much to go. The fact that it was added uh, as a as an amendment to uh, tacked onto a budget bill in of right. itself is interesting, right? Because yes, that's... and I mean that is obviously that was a discussion too because kids didn't know that that's kind of how legislation works sometimes 
when you're trying to get a bill through. And of course, this is huge learning for me too. I certainly don't come into this knowing exactly how to work with the legislature or get the legislature's attention or how they process through things. So, so it, it was a lot of learning for me along the way. No doubt. When the Historical Society came to you, they've obviously been keeping tabs, I would imagine. They must be impressed with just how far you've managed to to push this pr- this particular initiative of theirs to try to clear the name of EJJ, as you call Elizabeth Johnson Jr.? Yes, they've been very excited and very supportive through the whole thing. They've been willing to write letters to the governor, to the legislators. So they, they've been willing to talk with the kids. That it, The sport's been amazing. And she is just... When, when, and if she is in <laughs> exactly. fact, uh, cleared, she is the last one, is she not? As far as we know, I always tell the kids research, just like they found her, they could turn up somebody else. But as far as research has told us, she is the only one. Trust but verify, they always say in, exactly. my, in my business. Uh, Carrie LaPierre, thank you so much for your time. Good luck to your students and congratulations to your students for getting it uh, this far. It feels like it's almost at the finish line. So close. And thank you so much.